1: Toyota. Let's go places.
0: Hey Chuck. Yo. We're in the present time. Yes. Which means that we need to take this opportunity to do a little bit of an intro for the episode everybody's about to hear because it's a lost episode. (laughs) Yeah. This has
1: never happened to us before. Uh -uh. But you said, hey, I thought we already recorded one on Crystal Skulls. I went, yeah, I think you're right. And Jerry went, oh, it's right here in my desk drawer. <laughs> we forgot to publish it. Yeah, so this is a long lost episode, and we decided to publish it anyway, and just with a little caveat because it might—I'm sure there's some stuff that sounds dated. Oh, right? it's
0: dated right off the bat. We talk about uh, whether the world's going to end or not. 2012—that's oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of the dead giveaway. Cool. There's, there's some dating to it, but yeah, so it's a lost episode. And uh, thanks to whoever it was on Twitter that suggested a Crystal Skulls episode because that's what started this whole thing in the in the first place. Well, you certainly gave them their due. By calling them whoever it was. Right.
1: Thanks, <laughs> whoever. All right. So cool. So here we go with Crystal Skulls. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck. Oh, my God. Everything's coming to an end. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> That makes this stuff you should know, right? Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I shouldn't even ask. My life is
1: a little upside down right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. It's not like it's uh, Mayan and it's 2012 or anything.
0: Well, we've already done that one. Yeah. And uh, I guess we know that the um, the world isn't necessarily going to end in 2012, so that kind of presupposes how we feel about this podcast, I guess, right? Yeah, it does, actually. But let me let me give some news first. And you know this because you found this, and it's literally today's news. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't often happen. Yeah, um, but we're talking about crystal skulls, and there was a piece on crystal skull that was found recently in a um, home in a Bavarian village. Um, And this crystal skull, it weighs, I think, nine pounds. Um, It's life-size. No, it weighs nearly 20 pounds. It's life-size, maybe a little bigger uh it matches the death's head insignia worn by Nazi SS officers yeah um which is appropriate because this crystal skull apparently belonged to Heinrich Himmler that's right who was the chief of the SS
1: yeah and i wrote an article we should podcast on that sometime about the the nazis interest in archaeology they were like all the indiana jones stuff was right on the money yeah they had all sorts of programs uh, archaeology programs basically to try and prove through Historical research that the Aryan race was superior. Right.
0: Yes. <laughs> that was behind it all. And supposedly the, um, the Nazi party arose from some sort of kind of like, um, good time sex cult that like all of the people who were eventually <laughs> like the head of the Nazi party were members of. Really? Hitler comes along and is like, you guys are freaks, but I'm going to use this to my advantage. Right. And bada boom bada bing under Fuhrer. Wow. And everything starts to go horribly, horribly awry. Yeah. But uh, back to um, today's news, a crystal skull was found, which is a very unusual thing. And it was found hidden uh, on a rafter in uh, the attic of this house in Bavaria um, that belonged to uh, a woman who had been married to a high-ranking SS officer. Yeah. And it's now in the possession of Swiss journalist Luke Bergen. Yeah, he makes quite a claim. He claims that, <laughs> quote, I am 99% sure that this is one of the skulls of the Mayans, but we need clarity and all available tests will be carried out to ascertain authenticity. So what what Luke um, Bergen has just said is that he's about to be very, very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. It's spoken like a man who just got his first crystal skull. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and has done zero research on it. Basically. Um, the... the Prevail and Chuck, we should hold on. Let's bring let's bring sarcasm down a little okay. bit. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, the 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 legend behind the crystal skulls and anybody who has not seen a crystal skull, just type that into your favorite search engine and um, find an image. Yeah, and you'll be like, 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 oh yeah, crystal skull, crystal skull. Um, the there's supposedly thirteen of them that were crafted by the Mayans. Yeah, um, and they were scattered throughout the, uh, the globe. Right. And, um, nine of them were colored to represent the races of man. Yeah. And then four of them were clear to represent the animals that crawl, walk, slither, slide, slide, I, which is slither, I guess, and fly. Yeah. Um, and you, it basically, the world's supposed to end on December 21st, 20, 2012, yeah. at 11, 11 a.m. And if, the these 13 skulls aren't reunited, mm-hmm. discovered and reunited in a specific alignment, I would imagine probably at some sort of Mayan temple, um, then the world will end. If we can get them aligned in this proper alignment by this time, uh-huh. we can prevent the world from ending. Yeah. Problem is, though, Josh, there's a lot more than 13 of these things floating
1: around the world. Yes. And so there's some doubts as to their legitimacy.
0: And if... It, it, depending on what the skull looks like, I don't know if the 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 Daily Mirror was the news source that you got this from. And right. They're not exactly – they're a tabloid. Yeah. They're a tabloid's tabloid, actually. Well, I believe that this skull was found. I'm sure, but the picture that they've used, I don't know if that's the skull that was supposedly found Probably or not. whatever. But um, there are some telltale signs – that a skull might be a fake that it could be real let's start digging in chuck okay let's dig into crystal skulls uh well they can
1: vary in size and appearance uh, some of them are sort of crudely shaped some of them are really detailed some of them are beautiful and clear some of them are hazy and colored right some of them have detached jaws some of them do not some of them have eye sockets some of them don't right that's just a brief overview
0: that's those crystal skulls of the
1: appearance and some people believe that they are, you know, from the ancient Mayans, descendants of the uh, – uh, what's the uh, underwater? Atlantis? Atlantis. Is that where the Mayans came
0: from? Uh, some people say that. Huh. Some say they're direct descendants of, of Atlantis, but I don't know. So this this whole idea that the, the um, Mayans created crystal skulls or that these crystal skulls are of Mayan descent are based somewhat on fact. The Mayans did um, – they they do reference crystal skulls in their creation myth. Oh, they do. Yeah. So I mean, like it's not like somebody's like crystal skull and <laughs> Mayan. Gotcha. So there's 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 definitely a, a legitimate connection between the two. Okay. But whether or I'll not the crystal skulls that are in existence right now are Mayan in origin is right. what what's up for debate, and not really up for debate. Sure. And um, whether or not they have uh, they're rumored to have uh,
1: healing properties. Mm-hmm. Um, the visions, like a crystal ball, that right. uh, you can see into the future, into yeah. the past. It's like a crystal uh, ball, but cooler. Yeah. What else is there they say they can do? They make sounds. Uh,
0: yes. Like singing choirs. I think it's mainly healing like. and visions. Okay. That's pretty or good. Or enlightenment punch. of some sort. Yeah. Um, the, but the world of crystal skulls that when you start to kind of dig into it is what, it doesn't really matter what you believe. It's a really interesting world. Filled by almost caricatures of people, yeah, the adventurers and, oh, that and one fraudsters <laughs> yeah. and hucksters. to talk about them. Yeah, so let's let's start with um, I guess the most famous crystal skull of all, the Mitchell Hedges skull. This one kind of set the tone for most other. Basically, the the Mitchell Hedges said this is what crystal skull. Uh, study is going to be all about. We're right. going to provide all the character for it and everybody else following our footsteps. Okay? That's right. And uh, supposedly
1: it was discovered, and we're going to say allegedly and supposedly a lot because these stories are not
0: uh, verified as fact. So, And out of reverence for a dead 100-year-old woman. Who, Anna? Yeah. Uh-huh. She, she's dead now? April 2007. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's a bummer.
1: Uh Yeah, so it was discovered allegedly in the 1920s by who we just referenced, Anna Mitchell Hedges who is the adopted daughter of F.A. Mitchell Hedges, world adventurer. Yeah. <laughs> and he really was, too. Yeah, from the from the sounds of it, he was. Um, she says that she found the skull beneath the Mayan temple at an
0: altar in uh, Lubatan. Is that how you pronounce that? That's what I took. Have you seen the pictures of that place? No. Is it's it like awesome? a ruined M- Mayan city. Oh, really? In Belize. It's awesome. Wow. It's like overgrown temples and stuff like that. It's very neat. I, I like the Mayan temples.
1: So anyway, Anna says that she found this thing uh, near Belize on her 17th birthday, and she said that the Mayans actually told her that it was a skull used to will death. So a priest would uh, be too old to continue his priesting, and he would lie down and transfer his knowledge to a younger uh, priest Mm -hmm. uh, via the powers of the skull and then die. Right. So that's her story. That's
0: what the skull was for. That's what she says. Um, And said, Sorry. That's right. So the, and the Mitchell Hedges skull is like the, it's a trendsetting skull in another way in that it's pretty much the pinnacle of craftsmanship of crystal skulls. Yeah. It's clear quartz crystal. It's very pretty. Um, it's life size. Mm-hmm. Um, it had, it's about five inches high, five inches wide, eight inches long, um, totally transparent, 12 pounds, Um, it's got the, uh, the ridges and cheekbones and nose socket and eye sockets that are like very anatomically correct. And as far as I know, it's the only one that has a detachable jawbone. Oh, really? Which is really anatomically correct. Like this is just an amazing work of art. Sure. You know? And that's how they should be viewed, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Did I just ruin it? (laughs) Do you want to poke some holes in Anna's story?
1: Yeah. Um... First of all, in 1936, um, a description of this skull was in a British journal called Man, but they said it was owned by a guy named Sidney Burney. Right. Anna says, Oh, no, wait, my dad, um, F.A., um, gave it to Sidney and he, um, auctioned it off to pay a a debt in the, in the forties. And then we bought it from Sotheby's from him to, to get it back in the family.
0: Right. Like it came down to the wire at the Sotheby's <laughs> right. auction. So basically what you can take from that story is that F.A. Mitchell Hedges acquired this Mitchell Hedges skull yeah. at Sotheby's. That part is completely documentable and true. Yeah. Um, but that they, they think that that may be where he got it for the first time. Probably because in that 1936 journal, um, the, uh, the author, or I guess Bernie, um, wrote a letter That was, I'm sorry, it was quoted later, but, but, um, Bernie, the guy who actually had that Mitchell Hedges skull before Mitchell Hedges said that he acquired it from a collector who had it for several years. And, um, that collector bought it from another collector who had it for several years. Right. No mention of F.A. Mitchell, who was not a collector. He was an adventurer. He probably called it the Bernie skull, too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, um, so that, that, that was in 1933, which by this time, F.A. Mitchell Hedges supposedly already had it or owned it. Right. Um, and then the the other, well, there's several other weird parts. Uh, Mitchell Hedges' F.A., we'll just call him, or F.A. Yeah. Um, he he only wrote about this goal once. This is my favorite part of
1: this article. In, the well, name of his book. I take it. <laughs> he wrote a book about his adventures, I guess some
0: sort of memoir, and it was called Danger, My Ally. <laughs> That's the way you say it, too. Yeah. And that was from 1954 i think and in that book that's the first and only mention he makes of the crystal skull by this time it was in his possession he owned it seems like he would have mentioned it uh, yeah prior to this yeah he he um he says chuck that it uh, dates back at least 3600 years that it took about 150 years to rub down with sand from a single block of quartz yeah so he alleges it was not it was shaped from rubbing sand on it And not actually carved with tools. Right. Over the period of 150 years. Which, I mean, that's a lot of dedicated people. A lot of sand rubbing. Yeah. Um, He never mentions that his adopted daughter found it. No, he doesn't. He actually says that he has reason to not mention how it came into his possession.
1: Yeah, he warns very forebodingly about uh, several people have cynically laughed at it and died. Others have been stricken ill. So he says, how I got it? I have reasons to not tell you,
0: which is a really easy way to get around yeah. not telling people. Yes. Um, that's what, that's what we should say whenever <laughs> somebody wants to know, like, what's, what's your backstory? How did you guys meet? We have reasons to not tell you. We that. have very important reasons. Because it's very boring.
1: Hey Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well.
0: Hey, everybody, it's time to talk about Squarespace, and in particular, Squarespace's Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system only from Squarespace. It makes it easier than ever for anybody to unlock unbreakable creativity.
1: That's right. That's because you start with a best-in-class website template, then you customize every design detail with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. You can stretch your imagination online with Fluid Engine, built in and ready to go on any new Squarespace site.
0: Yep, you can use your site to easily sell custom merch through your online store. You can upload, organize, and access all your content from one place with your asset library. And those amazing website templates are all flexible, with designs for every category and use case.
1: That's right. So just go to squarespace.com slash stuff for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
0: Um... And then also, Chuck, there were two people. So F.A. Mitchell Hedges did actually go down to Louboutin. Yeah, Louboutin. one of his adventures. Right. Sure. And he was there in 1926. Uh, that's documented. There's plenty of photos of the dig. Mm-hmm. Two friends who went with him who later wrote about this this experience never mentioned Anna being there. Certainly never mentioned the crystal skull. Yeah, Lady Richmond Brown and Dr. Thomas Gann. Right. And then lastly, Anna... Um, in different interviews, gave different dates of when she acquired the skull. Mm-hmm. Never the correct one. Right. So um, there's a lot of holes in her story. Yet, up to her death, she alleged that this was the truth. Um, and she had a uh, what I take to be an indomitable spirit. Like, you could tell her just about anything, but <laughs> she knew what was right with the crystal skull.
1: Yeah, and she also claimed, um, not verified, but claimed that it had been used for healing a number of times, and she didn't get very specific with that. And that
0: she hoped one day it would go to an institution where it could be studied. And that might happen. Um, if you go on to uh, MitchellHedgesSkull.com or MitchellHedges.com, I think there's a hyphen in there. Not Benson and Hedges? No. Um, the The skull is now in the possession of its newest owner, Bill Hallman. Oh, really? Who is a very dashing guy. Likes to wear like an Indiana Jones hat. <laughs> of course he does. Um, he loves posing with the... the Crystal skull. It's very cool, sure. but his aim is to build a museum for the skull in Sedona, Arizona, so that it can be studied and and basically be available to the public all the time, which is pretty cool. Where he would sell tickets? I don't know. I'm sure, he would. Well, who knows? There's not a free museum. Oh, well, actually, that's not true. There's plenty of free museums. I know. I take that back completely. Okay, <laughs> but there's plenty that aren't as well. Yes, I, I agree with you. So that's what that's what's going on with the Mitchell Hedges skull right now. Bill Holman has it here in the U.S. And uh, there may be a, well, I, I don't know if it will be reunited. Surely people who own crystal skulls are going to take them to Mexico or something in December up. 2012 and right. see what happens, right? Yeah. Um. So Mitchell Hedges' skull is, is the most famous, but it's far from the only one, right? Yeah, there's uh, one,
1: another famous one uh, in the British Museum. And I believe they just call this the British Museum skull, right? Yeah. It's kind of... The a letdown. <laughs> they call the Periscull the Periscull. Yeah. And uh, it's also life-size. It's not quite as detailed as the uh, Mitchell Hedges. And the jaw does detach, as you say. And it's cloudy quartz. It's not completely clear. Yeah. And this was purchased. We know a little bit about the the real backstory on this one. Uh, it was purchased by the museum from uh, Tiffany & Company in 1898. Mm-hmm. Supposedly came from Mexico. And here is where we have a guy enter the picture named
0: uh, Eugene Boban. Yeah, he, he's kind of an important character as well. Yeah,
1: he's a French art dealer and a lot of these skulls seem to have passed through his, uh, ownership at one point or another.
0: Which isn't necessarily fishy in and of itself. Like, uh, yeah. a, a, a dealer can specialize in something and Boban specialized in Mayan relics and yeah, artifacts. And the pre-Columbian stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's not like that makes
1: it hinky. I'm just pointing that out. Uh, then you got the Paris skull and it, it's a more crude, uh, still than the other two and has a hole cut in the top that they think uh, is supposed to hold a cross.
0: Yes, and that is in Paris at
1: the are you going to pronounce that one for me?
0: Uh the Musée de l'Homme. Okay. The museum of, the museum of man. Oh, is that what it is? Uh-huh. Do you speak French? Um I'm <laughs> <laughs> I
1: used to do that. I took German in high school and then learned just sort of rough spanish by working in the mexican restaurants. Yeah. And uh I would always mix german and spanish up in in my college days. Yeah. I was mixing up a lot back then though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh and then in 1992, this one's a little weird. I like this one. In the Smithsonian received a crystal skull in the mail anonymous. With a, yeah, with an anonymous note. Yeah. That said, "Hey, this is aztec. I bought it in 1960 in Mexico City." and do what you will with it's, it's it. It's brought me nothing but bad
0: luck. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Please don't ever try to track me down. And that one is hollow, which is slightly unique as well. Yeah, um so here's here, there's a couple of points that you've just brought up. One, Eugene Bobon, remember him? Yeah. Um secondly, th- th- this anonymous skull is thought to be Aztec or was mentioned as Aztec. Right. The uh British Museum skull is possibly considered Aztec possibly so that kind of knocks the Mayan um legend out a little bit it does let's do that some more okay um well with... first let's talk about some more um crystal skulls real quick there's there's um again there's a whole world of crystal skull collectors oh yeah and some people have a few some people have one but all of them are pretty like if you have a crystal skull like you're a well-known individual yeah it's not like a being a commemorative plate collector right like, Joanne Parks, who owns Max, the Texas Crystal Skull. Yeah. Um, she apparently got it in the 80s, and it's supposed to be from Guatemala. Which is Mayan. Yeah. Okay. We've been there.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Jake, Vi- uh, Jake Van Dieten, who supposedly Joke. owns a few of them. Joke. Joke? Joke. what I call him, Jake?
0: Yeah. This is she. Oh, okay. Now she says that her skull, ET, healed her brain tumor.
1: That's right, and that's a pretty cool name for a skull if you're uh, a skull owner, I would say, and mm-hmm. movie fan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what else is there? There's Shana Ra, not Shanana, yeah. and it's uh, a big one. It weighs about 13 pounds, owned by Nick uh, Noserino, and he is a self-described expert, which are our favorite kind of experts, right. in crystal
0: skulls, and he claims he found that one in Mexico. And then uh, lastly, there's an amethyst skull called Amy AMI, or a me, if you're speaking French. Um, and that is, supposedly has a squiggly white line around the circumference of the skull. No idea what that means. And supposedly mine. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of smaller skulls, like little ones, um, that are about an inch in diameter. that have holes drilled through them, and they think that they um, were amulets or pendants or some sort of, they, they were oh. worn as necklaces. They were sold at the gift shop. The crystal skull gets shot back in yeah. the day. So, is the deal? Do all these
1: people think they have one of the thirteen?
0: Is that is that pretty much what's going on here? That's the impression I have. Okay, yeah. Um, especially if you if you're if you consider your crystal skull as the source of the healing of your brain tumor. Well, yeah, sure. And Chuck, there's it's there's a, a certain um, there's a certain rationale to the idea that a crystal skull can. Uh, allow you to see visions. of There's just something more going on there besides it being uh, just a lump of quartz. And that actually is um, one found in one of the properties of quartz, which is electricity. You want to say it's kind of Italian? Piezoelectric. Right. So that is um, the, the property of quartz in particular, but generally crystals and ceramics. Uh-huh. To be able to generate an electrical charge just from pressure. From like a what's called um, mechanical uh, energy, stress, stress. So basically, just rubbing a like a piece of quartz, say yeah. a crystal skull, you should be able to generate uh, electricity. And the harder you rub, the more electricity you generate. So that uh, no one's ever been able to say, "Well, then th- that's why you, right. you, you would heal your brain tumor or anything like that." But the fact that quartz is piezoelectric. Is one of the things that people who believe in the healing powers of these crystal skulls sure. point to, and like, crystals in general. Yeah, that you know, little Five Points has had that crystal shop forever. Is people, it still around?
1: Yeah, I think so. And people wow. go in there and they buy their crystal and hang it around their neck, and they
0: believe it has healing properties or sure energy properties, or at the very least, it generates a mild electrical current. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's also slightly wilder claims that um, that these these the piezo electricity isn't necessarily for healing. It's to um, facilitate time travel, or um, it serves as some sort of uh, communication device between um, the aliens who brought it here. Yeah. Or Atlantis. Sure. We just haven't figured out how to tap it or unlock it yet.
1: Yeah. What is it they compare it to? Is like a uh, a computer chip potentially that has all this uh, ancient uh,
0: wisdom and, and facts and knowledge just waiting. Just waiting. We just don't know how to access it. It's like the um, lunar doomsday ark, but in crystal skull form. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so speaking of Mitchell Hedges, which we weren't uh, speaking of, but
1: I'm bringing up it anyway. Uh, she um, has loaned it out for study a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Some some people who own skulls are cool with them them being studied, but more frequently the ones that are in possession of a a museum. Yeah. Those are the ones that have been studied the most. Right. Uh, in 1970, an art restorer named Frank
1: Dorland studied the Mitchell Hedges skull for six years. Yeah. And he said he heard ringing bells, uh, the sound of choir singing. He saw auras around the skull, and he could see
0: images when gazing into it. Yeah. And this is an art restorer. He's not necessarily like a uh, crystal skull devotee.
1: Right. But he also claimed, on the other hand, that it showed signs of mechanical grinding and holes drilled that were obviously using modern techniques, a metal drill. Yeah. So he sort of, sort of said it was mystical in some ways and also said, well, but this thing isn't an ancient because it was clearly made with, you know, modern technology.
0: Right. Um, he also supposedly took it to Hewlett Packard's laboratories. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. Uh, he said there that they performed a test on it, um, to, to, Find out if it was pure quartz and they dropped it in benzyl alcohol. And it disappeared. Yes, it vanished. Uh-huh. Because benzyl alcohol and quartz have the same diffraction coefficient, which means they bend light at the same angle. Yeah. Which means that if you immerse one in the other, it's going to disappear and turn invisible. Right? Yeah. Um, the, the, they also found at Hewlett Packard that it was carved from a single piece of crystal. And it was sure. carved against the grain, which is very unusual. Yeah, yeah. Um, the problem is Hewlett Packard has absolutely no record of, of these tests being performed. Spooky. It's possible that, that uh, Dorland had a friend who, you know, said, come on by, we'll have some beers and test your skull. Yeah, and it wasn't like an official project. Or he, he didn't really take it there. It's just such a weird claim.
1: Yeah, true. On uh, and, and a TV show in the 80, in nineteen eighty, Arthur C. Clarke had a show called "Mysterious World," and there was a gem expert named Alan uh, Jobbins who also studied the Crystal Skull, the, the Mitchell Hedges one, and said that he thought that it was from uh, crystal, Brazilian crystal from yeah. the seventeen hundreds, yeah, which would not make it
0: ancient, right? Um, that's not the or only my skull that they think are, uh is possibly Brazilian: the Paris skull and the British Museum skull. They think are probably Brazilian. Yeah, no Mayans in Brazil. No, and like you said, after the 1700s, this is post columbia not just post-contact. This is like there's a revolution stirring in America yeah. by this time exactly. when these things were made, <laughs> yeah. right? And all all signs start pointing further further back to Eugene Boban.
1: Yeah, and they also thought it was they were carved in Germany. Most of these, yes.
0: Which kind of the Himmler thing? All of a sudden. Makes sense. Apparent, but I would, I would venture to guess that Himmler would have never thought that it was made in Germany. I'm sure yeah, he thought true. it was like a one of the 13 Mayan skulls. Yeah. They were very superstitious, those Nazis. Alright, so back to Boban. So Boban had his hands on like several of these. Um, he, uh, you mentioned Germany. Um, apparently there was a lot of Brazilian crystal that was being worked in Germany in the, um, 1700s, right? Or no, the 19th century, right. the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently Bond got his hands on these things, sold them, but it's not clear whether he knew that they were frauds or not. Cause there, I mean, there was a lot of money to be made during the museum period.
1: There was a big yeah. boom in artifacts and museums and, and auctions like this. So,
0: you know, obviously if you're claiming it's one of the, the original things, you're going to get top dollar for it. Exactly. Uh, which is how the British museum came about. It's, Um, skull. It was purchased, like you said, in 1898 from Tiffany and Company yeah, probably during the age either. of the museum, when yeah. people would pay a pretty penny for these things. But uh, I guess to its credit, the British Museum led the way in proving that these things were fakes. And I just made air quotes because they're still amazing works of art. Oh yeah, sure. They were they're were made by master craftsmen in the, the 1800s.
1: Just call it that. That's
0: what I say. What works of art? Yeah. So they can be admired and not and not. Kind of poked fun at, right? By non-believers. Well, that's why that skull's still in the British Museum. They're like, "This thing isn't mine," but still, check it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, stare into the aura. Now, the Mitchell Hedges skull doesn't fall into that because there's no, there's been no, um, uh, I guess, acceptance that it was made recently.
1: Yeah, and she, uh, at one point, she kind of withdrew it from uh, in further investigation. Isn't that right?
0: Yeah. So the the British Museum concluded that theirs theirs was made um, using a jeweler's wheel. Yeah. Uh, after the European arrival in the Americas, uh, the, its high polish indicates it was carved using traditional European techniques. And then in 2005, Jane Walsh, who is an anthropologist with uh, the Smithsonian, took the Smithsonian skull to the British Museum and said, "Hey." Look, look at this one too. Through an electron microscope. And they did and they're like, it's the same thing. They may have actually been made by the same craftsman.
1: Yeah, they said that there's, you know, there would have been pretty clear evidence that it was made with uh, ancient tools by the fact that it wouldn't be nearly as smooth. There would be scratch marks, things like that. Yeah. But it bore none of those.
0: Right. And they, they found, you know, the telltale signs of, of modern tool use, right? Yeah. They didn't, yeah, they, they, there were no signs of ancient tool use. Again, if you are a believer in crystal skulls, well, these things are, they were made over 150 years. Of course you're not going to find right. axe marks or whatever you hack. Right. <laughs> it's 150 years of sand rubbing. Right. Doing that kind of work. But this is the thing that I like the most. What's that? There are in, out there very crude, um, crystal skulls. There are some that don't, that don't look like they were made um, from a, tools. A, a jeweler's wheel in yeah, Germany yeah. in the 19th century. So you're saying those are the ones? Who knows? <laughs> you know what my
1: favorite part is? What? Danger, my ally. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. So we have to mention a few pop culture references, um, starting with Stargate SG-1. Yeah. And then uh, it's been in some video games, Nancy Drew, Legend of the Crystal Skull. Uh yeah,
0: Pirates of the Caribbean, third greatest selling video game of 2006.
1: <laughs> and then uh obviously the biggest reference um would have to be the Abominable and Forgettable, I said it, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Mm. And man, I've never wanted to
0: love a movie so much in my life mm-hmm. and I've never been as disappointed. Uh-huh. And I'm on record, I'm saying this. I know, and I feel bad because, you know, it I I know that it hurts when we're criticized. We're like, we're we're doing our best. I know. I'm sure that they really wanted to put out a great movie. I know. They worked on it for a long time. Supposedly they're gonna do another one and
1: I heard. I think uh if Steven Spielberg, if you're listening (laughs) and (laughs) Mr. Lucas, get back to basics, brothers. That's what I say. Forget all the. Uh, I don't
0: know if Harrison Ford can do his own stunts though.
1: Forget all the CGI monkeys and uh, killer ants and all that silliness. Just get back to basics. Yeah, I agree. Go
2: practical. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs>
0: And that's that for Chuck. That's it. Right? Yes. Uh, If you want to learn more about crystal skulls and see some cool images of crystal skulls, type crystal skull into the handy search bar at howstuffworks.com. And since I said that, Chuck's got a letter in his hand, and that means it's time for listener mail. That's right, Josh. A few weeks ago, you asked uh, for a call for if
1: you have any ways you're trying to better humanity. And we got quite a few of these, and so we're going to read some of them over the next... Few episodes. Okay. Uh, This one I'm partial to because I just think it's neat. This is from Rachel. She's written in before. Uh, I have a project which I'm attempting to improve humanity. Almost every day for the past three years, I've written a pep talk at my website, WebSock? Either one. (laughs) Website, Daily Pep (laughs) Talk from a Best Friend.com. My goal is to improve the reader's self esteem by telling them what their best friend might say in a moment of crisis. Type your issue into the handy-dandy search bar. Find yourself a pep talk. Uh, there's more than 800 of these, and I'm pretty sure I've covered whatever has you blue or befuddled. So uh, if I haven't covered a particular topic, readers can write to me and request a pep talk. I also do shout-outs for anything a reader wants to celebrate. And I have a podcast called You're F-ing awesome. <laughs> Effing Awesome. Uh, E-F-F-I-N-G. That's how I'm trying to improve humanity. If you were to mention this, I would be thrilled. I'm forever looking to share the pep and traffic, like self-esteem can always use a boost. Uh, and then she gives an example of a pep talk, and it's kind of cool, you know. I showed this to Emily. She liked it as well. It's very cool. It's almost like um, a daily horoscope or fortune cookie, but much better, because it's... A <laughs> fortune cookie? Well, you know how a fortune cookie It's killed. much less vague. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a pep talk. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure fortune cookie. Yeah, so that's Rachel. The website is dailypeptalkfromabestfriend.com. And it's just, it's positive. It's its neat. I'm glad she's doing it. That's great. 800 of these bad boys. That is a lot of work. I know. I wouldn't figure there'd be a need for more than like six different kinds of pep talks. Yeah.
0: I wonder if it's one of those things where she thought that too and then started to really think about it and just right. kept going and going and she went mad along the way and right. ended up killing house cats <laughs> yeah. and then like coming back from the brink. And, and then, then had to write pep talks about all those experiences. Exactly. Yeah. And now she's done. Okay. If you have something that you need a pep talk on. Ask Chuck and me. And if we can't do it, maybe we'll just send you to, um, what is it? Daily Pep Talk from a Best Friend.com. Yes. Uh, send us an email. You can address it to stuffpodcast at discovery.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. This episode of Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com offers thousands of engaging, easy-to-follow video tutorials taught by industry experts to help you learn software, creative, and business skills. Membership starts at $25 a month and provides unlimited 24-7 access. Try lynda.com free for seven days by visiting lynda.com
2: slash sysk. Zigazoo has made me zigzag.